Sweet. Welcome back. It's a joy to be here on the last episode of 2023. Close out the year. Close out the year well. Welcome to Father to Father, a podcast about two young fathers sharing our journey of being a father and learning more about God as our Heavenly Father and how they relate. Well, all right, man. As we wrap up the year with this episode, would love to just learn more about um, what you're learning. Yeah, from your little your little boy. He's almost a year. Wow. He's uh, he's a January baby, so the end of the year is kind of always going to be almost lined up with the end of his year. He's the annual fiscal year. A little. He's you know with a thirty day extension. Thirty day extension. Yeah. yeah. January 28th. That's a pretty common fiscal year, though. Jan, Jan 31 to Jan 31. Really? Yeah. Um, but I have learned a lot, and I've learned a lot about my son, and I've learned a lot about myself, and I've learned a lot about God. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a good year. It's like, it's it's the same as always, depending on how you look at it. In one hand, it feels like it's flown by. And on the other hand, it feels like a lifetime ago. I mean, yeah. thinking about me and Brooke before Josiah seems like forever ago. But the fact that Josiah is already almost one feels like super fast. So, full year, full year, and he's. Uh, I've learned. Yeah, I mean, as 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 we're getting to, I feel like you just can learn so much more and more about uh, about your about your child as they get older and really start to develop kind of their personality and who they are and stuff. But one of the main things that I've really been noticing about him and learning about him is like, he is so like just hungry to be around wherever the people are. Mm. Like he, he doesn't, he, he, he's got mad FOMO. Like he won't, (laughs) he won't like rest. If you're going like, for example, we always, we put the little baby gate up in the kitchen um, just because it's so much easier than like uh, childproofing every cabinet and yeah. every door in the kitchen, you know, where it's like the easiest for him to get into stuff. And our kitchen has a little entrance into it that works out for a baby gate. Yeah, always baby gated. But uh, like, if I go in there, because also it's a kind of a pain to like have to open the baby gate and close it every time you go in the kitchen. So sometimes you want to just go in there and like whatever, not worry about closing the gate. Yeah, but immediately you can hear his little hands smacking the ground just that, that like and he's like i mean he's Going like speed it. crawling you know like and then once you once you close the gate then he's just like standing up holding on to the baby gate bars just like, watching no. you the whole time or even like sometimes if i'm going to go to the bathroom and i don't like uh if like if it's just us home and i might not close the door like in the bathroom immediately and starts slapping and he's like making his way making a beeline over towards us um or like the action is he wants to be where the action is he wants to be around everybody like he wants to be he wants to be in the mix Mm. and like uh sometimes if brooke's working in the kitchen like if if he doesn't feel like he's involved in it he'll start to get like fussy but we you know how like they have those floating baby uh high chair things that you like clamp on to the table yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Do I one of those? Yeah, we have one of those. We have his regular high chair, but we also have That's that a game changer. They're nice, dude. They're really cool, and he could travel with them. Yeah, yeah. and they work really good. Yeah, I, whoever invented that was genius. 
Um, but we found that like if he's just in there, like closer to to Brooke while she's doing stuff in the kitchen, that he's like more content. Like if mm. he feels like he's down on the ground, not really involved, mm. if he's doing stuff, he like gets frustrated. But if he's sitting and he's like kind of more on her level, you know, like he won't be able to sit there for an hour. But if he's got like a couple toys and maybe she'll give him like a couple little bites to eat of something. He's just like, I'm good. You know, <laughs> it's like, I just want to be, I just want to be with you guys. Or even I've noticed sometimes like at parties, like uh, if we're in a social setting, if he's like down while everyone's like up, you know, like every, if everyone's standing around doing stuff and he's just like down, he gets like kind of frustrated but if I just like pick him up and hold him kind of like on like adult height, you know, where he's like, on the, he's like, then he's like smiling and laughing and connecting with people. So I've just really noticed that about him. Like he, he wants to be where the action is. He wants to feel like he's involved with the people, you know? So he's a, it's he's a little extrovert. A, he's a little people guy for sure. That's fun. Man. Yeah. That's fun. I feel like one thing we've we've learned with Pete, um, and something Pete has learned in the last few weeks, is a very powerful word called no. Uh oh. So, um, you know, it's 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 pretty funny though, because I don't know about you guys, but for us, a lot of times, we kind of built this habit of we would ask Pete to do something instead of telling him. <clears throat> So, hey, hey, buddy, can you walk over here? Hey, can you come over here? I need to get your shoes on, whatever it is, right? And so now, because for a while, all he knew was yes. You know, it's just like, yes, yes. So it was just a beautiful relationship of just pure obedience. Free fall. <laughs> Whether he wanted to or not. And uh, yeah, a few weeks ago, he he learned the very the very empowering word of no. Um, so that has been our 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 parenting journey with him over the last few weeks but yeah you know it's what was that what was that feeling like the first time that you heard him say it it's honestly pretty funny because <laughs> it's like hey bud can you walk over here? no <laughs> hey buddy you want to come over here no so it's like you know that you shouldn't laugh at it because you don't want him to think yeah that, but at the same time it's, it's like it's hard not to oh wow and hey we asked him right you know it was a question you can say yes or no um, so I think what we've been learning in, in that and how to parent and Maggie's done a really good job. She taught him, uh, how to say no, thank you. So he'll kind of put out his, put out his hand. So we'll teach him. So if it's a question where he could say no, um, and he, but he does a very like, no, you know, cause he's learning. We'll say, Hey, that's not how you say it. Say no, thank you. Tell us no, thank you. So Does just say no, thank you. You know, it's, it's a little, uh, gargled. But he but, says it? He's yeah, like, yeah. He, says he acknowledges it and says, yeah, yeah wow. he says the sounds of it. Wow. So that's one aspect of it. And then the other aspect is when you're you're telling him to do something. On one hand, for me, I have to be clear of telling him and not just asking him. So I need you to come over here. Um, but he'll still, you know, he'll still many times say, if he doesn't want to, say no. There's been a few times too where he'll he'll kind of throw a fit mm. or of like a no 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 no, and that's where we you know we get on his level and and kind of have a little discipline. It's not cute anymore. Yeah, and it mostly it's just a consistent. That's not how you respond to dad. That's not how you respond to mom. Um, and uh, 
So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, you know, it's been a fun journey. Um, I think on our side, it's, we just have to be really consistent. You know, every time if he's saying, if he's throwing a fit, we need to address it right there. If he's, uh, you know, if he's responding in a way that's not honoring to us, we, we show him how to respond to us in an honoring mm-hmm. way. So we're just having to be really consistent, but it, it, uh, yeah, so it was a very, a very empowering realization for a young toddler to realize he can say no, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So what's the, uh, what's the growth that you've seen in him in that? Like, how are y'all, like, have you, have you noticed that he is learning how to use that word better? Um, a little bit, not, not much. I mean, you know, it's only been a few weeks and I think it's a lot longer journey. <clears throat> um, cause really, I mean, you think about just learning how to say a word, but I think mentally for him, it's like, I can communicate to my parents that I don't want to do that, you know, which is powerful for him. Uh, but on the same time for us, if it's something that he doesn't have to do and we're just asking him, we need to teach him how to say it in a honoring and helpful way. Yeah. Um, but if we're we're telling him to do something and he's not doing it because he doesn't want to, that's where we need to address it. Hmm. You know, so it's definitely been a parenting learning moment for us. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like a step into the complexity of, of parenting because yeah. You almost want to just say, you never say no. Like, that's almost like what you would want to teach your kid. Like, you don't say no to us. Like, yeah, if we tell you something, but you also have to acknowledge that he's learning what what he wants to do and what he doesn't want to do. And on some levels of that, there's going to be healthy things of like, hey, Pete, do you want to come and do yeah. this with me? And and he has to be able to have that freedom to to be able to say no. But you guys also have to kind of lead him into winter times that you can say no and can't say no, but it's complex because uh, as a parent, you kind of just want to be like, if we ask you something or if we tell you something, it's just, you don't say no. You just, it's the law. You just say yes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's, it's so interesting, you know, as we learn and grow as parents and, you know, that's kind of the way we're handling it. It's not, a way ever maybe everyone should handle it or feels like they should but it's been helpful for us to kind of have that clear distinction of if he if it's something he it's okay for him to say no we're gonna teach him how to say it in a respectful way no thank you um and then if it's not an area where he can say no where we're telling him to do something then we address it on the spot and say hey that's not how you respond yeah and a lot of times i'll say you know that's not how you respond you say yes dad Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's another um, big part of getting to learn who he is and what he likes, what he doesn't like, and yeah, which is like what we're always trying to do. I mean, even with my story about Josiah and him wanting to be like where people are and where things are yeah. happening, the more we learn about them, then the it's it's so easy to just get frustrated with your with your kid like why don't you just relax why are you getting upset why yeah like everything's fine you have everything you need but yeah. starting to recognize like oh this is like a little person with little preferences and little um personality traits and stuff yeah. and 
the more I learn about him, I'm like, okay, so I know Josiah likes to be where the activity is. So if we're if we're somewhere and he's getting fussy, well, maybe I just need to pull him out of his high chair mm-hmm. and like kind of hang out with him and turn him around and let him kind of be where people are. Or if we're trying to do something in the kitchen um, and he's getting fussy or, you know, we were doing an apartment life event on uh, the 19th, so like the week before Christmas and we were trying to get everything set up and he was in a stroller and he was getting frustrated. So I just put on the carrier and strapped him in the carrier. He always does so much better if he's like in the carrier where he's kind of again <laughs> like eye level with people, you know? Yeah. So just learning those things of like instead of just getting frustrated and being like, Why are you why are you being fussy? Why are you like everything's fine? You have your toys. Shouldn't you just be good? Like, oh, he probably just wants to be like up here with us. Yeah. And apartment life, for those who don't know, is a, a ministry that <clears throat> Jeremiah and his wife, Brooke, are doing right now. Maggie and I did a, a few years ago where you get to uh, be residents in an apartment and plan events for the residents, but also live on mission for God. It's pretty sweet. It's a great ministry. Yeah. Shameless plug. Interested. Yeah. So I guess on that on that note, I mean, you know, as as you learn those and and how to respond to Josiah. I mean, what what are you learning as as yourself and as a father to him? Yeah. Um something that I uh have been focusing on lately and learning about myself. It's really like just something that I'm learning about fathers in general and like a a power and a responsibility in me as a father. I was listening to this um kind of like sermon series about generational stuff Mm. and one of the big things that the pastor was talking about is like the power of the father's blessing and the power of the father's words and how like those those words can kind of like create things they can break things they can they can do all all, there's a lot of power in what we say about ourselves and there's especially a lot of power in what we say about our children and i've just been trying to be like really mindful of that lately so anytime Anytime I'm talking about Josiah with like, especially with clients, that's where it probably comes up the most mm-hmm. often. Like when it's supposed, when it's usually like a surface level type thing of like, oh, you have a kid, what's that like? You know, well, you know, it's good. And and a lot of times it's easy for us to go to like some of the hard things or like not yeah. the most positive things and be like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're learning and it's, you know, sleeps a bit and people are always like, oh, are y'all getting sleep? And is it like hard and this and that? And, um, Oh yeah, like oh, it's never gonna be the same anymore. That kind of stuff. I just always try to like jump right into like all the all the things that I want to speak over Josiah whenever I bring him up. You know, like yeah, we've got a we've got an eleven month. He'll be one year, and he's just like such a sweet kid. He's so yeah. much fun. Like he's and I just start like naming off these little things, like these little mm-hmm. like positive traits about his personality. Like he's he's really like such a little engaging baby even for someone so little you know like he really has such a presence about him and he loves to like look at people and connect with people and he's like Mm. he's so much fun and and uh he's such a sweet kid and you know just like yeah just jumping right into like speaking all these truths and uh and and yeah there's power in that and speaking like those powerful truths over him and then also i mean even though he can't hear any of it now, but just like do, doing those same things whenever I have him in person, like you're such yeah. a sweet boy and you know, like I love you so much and 
I think you're so much fun and just like starting now getting in that practice. Yeah, man. Of like knowing, Huge. okay, my words have a lot of power and that's one of the main things. Well, one of my main responsibilities as a father is to speak, speak you know, to speak it. life and to speak identity and to speak truth into my son's life. So speak into the chaos. Yeah. Especially though, I think whenever he's not around, you know, mm -hmm. but like, obviously, yeah, like speaking and speaking over him, speaking truth over him. But that's one of the main things that I've, that I've discovered that I have a lot of power to do is to speak very positively about him and to speak of the good things about him whenever he's yeah. not around. That's awesome, man. I love that. <clears throat> it's a good reminder. I think one thing I've been I've been learning about myself too, and I, you know, even with when I was talking, you know, sharing about Pete saying no and and going through that process, this is like, you know, passivity is is always going to be a, t a temptation, you know, and as as we start to discipline him more and and uh, even just be present with him and be around him, you know, like you're always going to be tired or you're always going to have the temptation to have other things on your mind or um, say, well, you know, Maggie can do that and I'll just sit around or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's just, that's not who we're called to be. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're called to be intentional. I'm called to be an intentional father. That's who I want to be an intentional father. And so I think as it bleeds into to discipline too, and like just with that, you know, addressing when he says no and he shouldn't or how he says no, like we have to be consistent, you know, and I remember previous guest of father to father podcast that that roar telling us like one of the biggest things with discipline and as early as possible is you just have to be consistent. Like you got to address it every time you can't let it slip through the cracks, even if you're tired, you know, and that's, and that's one of the hardest parts, you know, that he told us. And so I think that's one thing that I am, trying to remind myself of and focus on is just to be consistent, to be intentional, to not fall into to passivity and, and remember that it's an easier trap um, than sometimes if they think it is. So, and then, you know, and then I just think personally, you know, as, as I was we were reflecting on the year um, of 2023 and, I, and it was a pretty hard year for us. You know, I think we had, we made a big move um, bought a home, completely left our community and, and kind of started building a new community. Uh, we had some family things, just learning more on how to be a dad. Um, I think one thing I, last year, our first year of, of being parents, I think I was a little, I was kind of pushing back on the season. You know, I was like, uh, not ready for this yet, for this kind of settle down suburban life. I want to still do my own thing, you know, just things like in my mind that were like, well, I'm not going to be like the other parents who just are home a lot. Like I'm going to do what I want to do and also be a dad. And <clears throat> I think I was a little at odds with the season. And I think this year it's, I've embraced the season more. Um, but I think as I was reflecting on the year, I was listening to a John Eldridge podcast and he was talking, they were talking about Advent. Um, and so we, for those guys who don't know, Advent is is a it's a Christian <clears throat> um, really month. So it's, so it's a four week celebration of Christ's coming, 
and you reflect on his birth, but you also really reflect on him coming again, um, as the Bible promises. And so anyway, they were talking about, I think Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he's a famous Christian, famous German Christian uh, during World War II, but he, he shared a quote of, <clears throat> Advent, the celebration of Advent is only possible for those with a troubled soul. And basically how to really celebrate Advent you need to feel the, the you almost in feeling the weight of the world and darkness and brokenness and then celebrating Christ has come the first time and he's coming again, you know. So that, that's been a cool celebration and reminder, I think, as we reflect on this year and as I reflect on myself and growing as a dad, growing as a man. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for what God's going to do in 2024. Amen. Yeah, it's it's always so easy to uh, go into a new season and think to yourself, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fall into these things that I see other people mm. doing." And sometimes it's just like for the sake of not wanting to do things the way other people do it, and not because there's anything mm. inherently unhealthy about suburban dads who wow. want to word, take man. care of the house and kind of just be chill and. And that's just pride, you know. That's yeah. Just, I yeah, want to do my, come down to my pride. It's, it's not because there's necessarily anything like, oh yeah, these guys are so lazy and all they care about is their families and their houses and stuff. But yeah, we just it's almost like that same um, that same spirit of I'm not going to be anything like my family in this way. I'm not going to be anything like my mom. I'm not going to be anything like my dad. And mm. then if you focus on the negative things that you don't want to become like, you just end up becoming like those things and yeah that was another thing too that the uh that podcast or that that sermon series was talking about is like there's always going to be generational things that we inherit from our families and no matter what family you're in you're going to inherit some bad things but you're also going to inherit some good things and he went through like the story of of um, abraham to um Isaac. isaac and then to jacob and just like how there was some some sin patterns that repeated in their yeah. lives, like the one the 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 funny example not funny but like the very um, clear example is how Abraham told Sarah to say that he that she was his sister, and then Isaac did the same thing. Wow! So it's like this spirit of almost like fear or something over them, but then obviously there's all the blessing that passed down from Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob and yeah so if we if we just focus on like what we're not going to be like or what we're not going to do then we're like we're going to end up becoming like that and the best yeah the how best do we things not, is like how do we not fall into that yeah it's really more like okay what what are the good things about being a dad that lives in the suburbs and how do I press into that you know like mm. what are like the what are the good things about it that draw people to it or like, what's the good thing about my family and about my my mom and my dad, even though neither of them are perfect, or my grandparents, none of them are perfect. Yeah. What are the good things about the way they've done their life and the way that they like the things they've passed down to us that we can we can take from and then yeah. also receive some uh, some new kind of some new revelation on how to start our own kind of approach into all of that. Yeah, and I, and one I feel like too, it's it's recognizing and admitting. I can't do this on my own. I, I can't fight off this generational 
you know, sin. That's probably a longer conversation, but you know, I, I, I need, I need to be sanctified by the Lord and redeemed in my heart so that I can parent from a healthy place. I can live from a healthy place. I can, you know, be free from a struggle that my, that I've seen in my family line, you know, but it's, and to your point, but it's when we, we try to, I'm never going to do that. I, you know, it's, that's, that's all doing it from our own strength or from our own pride or just Mm -hmm. wanting to be different. And a lot of times people end up falling into it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's like whatever's, I can't remember what, um, what book it's in, but it's like whatever's pure, whatever's holy, whatever's Mm -hmm. excellent, whatever's focus on these things, you know, focus on, focus on these things. And, it's such a, such a picture of the nature of our flesh to want to focus on the bad things and how we're just like resist against that. But yeah, you know, we just want to, instead of thinking about like how to, how to, um, how to not do the wrong things, if we're just so fixated on doing the right things and doing whatever's worthy of whatever's excellent, whatever's holy, whatever's good, just like fix your mind on these things and you'll become like those things. And then, the bad things fall away, you know. Well, is that Thessalonians? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's Paul. Paul. Yeah. Well, you almost think of why did Paul have to remind us that of that? Because it's our our nature to to not simple nature to not think about those things. I mean, you just turn on the news mm-hmm. for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Is it all the positive stuff about what's going on in our community? Yeah. Is there anything worthy of praise <laughs> in the news? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so what are you learning? What are you learning about? about God. I know we've hinted at some of these things, but I guess if you can wrap up and, and you know, what maybe recently or maybe in the year, you know, what, what are you, what have you learned about God and who he is? For sure. Yeah. I think it's uh, almost like a theme of the entire year is just learning about the, the grace and love Mm. of Jesus that really is unconditional. Mm. And I'm sure that everyone has a different kind of, um, walk with it, but I think it's also pretty, pretty thematic amongst most Christians. Of like, mm-hmm. you meet Jesus, and then you're like, kind of like, I have to do everything the right way to be in good relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus. And like, I know, I know for me personally, in the beginning of my relationship with Jesus, like, like really going for it, really excited, all of it is new. Can also start to let a lot of judgment creep in of mm-hmm. like wow, like I'm I'm really going for it so hard and all these other people who aren't doing it like me, like yeah, what's up what's up with them? You yeah. know, and and then you like as you as you grow in maturity, um and you get into like the habits of discipline and you see all the fruit from discipline and you see yeah just how joyful it is whenever you're walking in that really consistent discipline with the Lord. But then, you know, you go through big life changes and you have that all kind of rattled. And it's almost like that next phase of maturity and sanctification of just being like, wow, it's really not about like what I can do at all. It's just about the love and grace of Jesus. And mm-hmm. nothing can make him, nothing can make him love me more. Nothing can make him uh, feel more kind of like nothing, nothing's going to stop him from taking care of me. You know, like I don't have to, I don't have to do all things like, I don't have to hit everything perfectly on the head. I don't have to be walking in like the most perfect kind of spiritual disciplines and yeah. like being so on top of it for him to 
still take care of me, for him to still take care of my family, for him to still provide for us, and for him to still let me live my life with peace and joy, and for him to still fill me with his Holy Spirit, you know? Yeah. And having a having a baby is a is a big um it's a big shake up in your life and whatever your life looked like before that baby come before that baby came it's going to look a lot different tell me about it after but we're coming out i think coming through the first year it's kind of like starting to get on the other side at least of this um phase of life changing but yeah, I've just learned so much about like mm. maturing in my walk with Jesus mm. and with my walk and my walk with my Father in heaven means I don't have to do to be able to receive. I don't mm. like being able to receive his love, being able to receive his his favor on my life, being able to receive his joy isn't tied to my performance and Goodness. me like holding up my end of the deal. Now, we should always be desiring and striving for discipline because it's like it's honoring to him and that's what aligns our our heart and our mind and our spirit and our soul you know kind of like that yeah. conversation we were having last time about the spirit and the soul and all in the body and those three things like whenever we're whenever we're living in discipline is whenever those things are aligned and we have the most internal peace and yeah. it's for our good you know it's like it's going to make us way more joyful and yeah and we have so much more to offer whenever we are um, living in that discipline and being more like Jesus. So, but it's not it's not like I can't be, I can't feel peace in my life. I can't feel joy. I can't expect my father to love me and take care of me if I'm not doing those things, which I think is like really where I was mentally for quite a while. It's like I can't expect to receive good things from my father if I'm not holding up my end of the deal mm. you know but and not that like this year has been like me just totally going like off the grid or anything like i've still yeah. been very faithful to to my church and to my family and to like um hearing from the lord and and being active in in my community and stuff like that but but the but you're you know you're standing with the lord is not dependent on how well you're doing at those things right exactly yeah, so I've just I've learned a lot about my father in heaven, um, my my very very good heavenly father that he's just gonna love me, you know, and he's gonna like he's gonna provide for me and he's gonna take care of me in ways that are like honestly astounding because it's like wow, like hmm. what have I done, Lord, to deserve all that you're doing for me? But he just he's a good father and he loves us and. Just like we have the, all the opportunities to do to love our sons and our children whenever they're saying no or saying or yeah. saying yes and responding to our our instructions or being a little bit fussy or being a little bit stubborn, you know, nothing is going to keep us from like sharing everything we have with them. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I'm. I'm I feel like my my. My learning has been pretty similar, honestly. I, I just mm. feel like I've just been moved by the gospel, the gospel of of who God is, and and the amazing story of Him becoming a human and a man and coming to Earth um, to not only walk with us and show us what it looks like to live uh, as He intended, but then to to 
die a, a horrific death and be a human sacrifice for for our sin in the past, our sin now, and our sin in the future. And and none of it has to do, to your point, none of it has to do with our uh, works, our intelligence, our, you know, revelation. And, and you know, it's just, it's, it's so simple, but it's so hard to remember and it's so important to reflect on. And so this year, I just feel like I've just been learning that my life is less and less about me, you know, and my success and my um, intelligence and my works. Like it's, you know, my life is, is um, my life is, is for God, you know, and, and it's just such a freeing thing and it's how we were meant to live, you know, that it's not all, it's not all on us. Um, but now we get to, to, to walk knowing that, um, that Christ died to, to restore us to relationship with him. And so, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's the gospel, but it's just been really a good reminder. And I feel like we should always be reflecting on it every day, Mm. you know? So, yeah, that's good. It's, it's the purifying fires of of doing life and becoming a father and becoming a husband and having to let go of of things and not having as much time to focus on ourselves. It's like there's almost nothing more refining than just yeah. having other things to worry about than ourselves. Because when it's just us, you know, it's so easy to to make it complicated and... It's like, yeah, it's the gospel plus all these things, and I have to be focused on all these things. Yeah, it's just like when you have, it's when you have more things to worry about, and you have more people to take care of. Things are kind of the the lesser things are cut away first, and it's getting back to those really simple truths that are also the most powerful. Like the gospel of Jesus is because He chose to come and give his life for us he came he came he he did it while we were still sinners and uh, like the love of the father is unconditional and he loves us because it's his desire to love us not yeah. because not because of how awesome we are yeah and, and not only did he come and die and restore us back to him but then he gave us like clear purpose you know which so many people and and the world just crave and look for in so many other areas. But, you know, now we get to walk with him and in the spiritual battle of good and evil until he comes back again to defeat evil for forever. You know, it's like a crazy story, but it's true. And it's everything we long for and in our hearts. And, and, and we get to do that as fathers, as we, as we raise and disciple men, um, of God. So. Yeah, it's just like those two concepts of having having a, a savior and having a father in the God that we worship are probably like the two most unique things about the Christian faith. Of like our our faith is built on a father who loves us and a savior who died for us and who gives us our salvation. Yeah. And like Every other religion in the world is 
do these things so that you can be right with a holy God. And like Christianity is the only thing that flips that on its head. And it's like, you actually just have a father who loves you unconditionally. And he's actually sent his own son and done all the work for you. And just your only, only thing that you have to offer is to say yes, to receive, you know, what he gives us. Yeah. And wants to have, relationship with you know we, we we talk about god as heavenly father and the bible talks about it and for some people who had hard father relationships it's kind of hard maybe hard to uh envision but it's god is is the perfect father the father we you know always yearn for um and so you know <clears throat> that's the one of the most beautiful things to your point about christianity is is to have that personal relationship with god which is just so crazy mm-hmm yeah, so backwards to yeah. what what our uh, what our human minds would. Nobody would create Christianity, you know. Nobody would. No. Nobody. No man would. How could someone make that up? How could someone make that up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we we make up things that give us the the control, we make up systems and make up religions and make up things that give us a rule book to follow and put the power in our hands and say like. We'll write down these instructions of morality and holiness, and we'll obey mm. them. And it's, but we have power over that. We'll become more enlightened or whatever. Yeah, you know, it's a program, and nobody would create a Christian. Nobody would create Christianity that says like you on your own are completely helpless, and yeah. the only way that you are going to find like salvation is by just completely giving up and admitting your power. I can't do that. <laughs> you know, like what, yeah. what guy is going to sit down in his room and be like, yeah. So the way to do this is you have to just accept the fact that you are hopeless on your own. And it's against everything society says, you know. All right. Time for Sports Corner. Let's go. All right, I'll take the lead here. So I was thinking about this on the drive up. <clears throat> So I think a theme really of 2023, and especially now, I think it's an ongoing conversation, not just for Houston sports, which we focus on mainly, but I think for sports in general. Um, and, you know, we're going to have the conversation kind of like we're a general manager, even though we're nowhere close. But how, how do you, if you are running a team, how do you balance, you know, developing your young talent Right, because you have to if you're a sports team, um, and then but also playing to win, right? And I think we could take this a number of different ways, um, but you just think of the nature of a team. Your your better players, for the most part, are going to be in the prime of their career. So for NBA as an example, they say you know pretty much everyone who has been the best player on a championship team is 27, 28, 29. Right. So they've been in the league for at least six years, probably seven or eight at that point. Um, so they're basically, you know, full athletic prime, mental prime. They're ready. Right. So history says you win when your players are around that age. But obviously, you don't just draft a 27 year old in their prime. You draft a kid and you develop them. Same goes for baseball, you develop them through the minor leagues. Um, you know, NFL, um, you know, they, they have a little more time in college, um, but, but kind of the same, same goes. 
So I guess I'll, I'll, I'll kick it over to you. How, how, and if you want to give examples too, but how, how can you balance that? And I don't think it's an easy answer. That's why we're yeah discussing. Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of coaches that are on one side or the other of this. I think with the Astros this year, we saw that Dusty Baker is a very like, he's a veteran, he's a veteran's coach. And he's yeah. gonna he's gonna really lean into his veteran guys because experience is the great like you, it's so much easier to trust someone who's been doing it for 10, 15 years who um, has seen a lot and you've seen a lot of what they do and uh, I know Doc Rivers is a lot like that too as an NBA coach another guy yeah. who really leans into veterans which those I mean there's there's a good reason for it those are the guys that you can trust the most but. Um, and then you have like, like these kind of up and coming tanking teams, not up and coming, but just like these really young teams where yeah, who people, were tanking previously. Yeah. Like, I think if, if we think about like last year's, uh, situation with the Rockets where it's like, we're just going to throw these young guys out there and let them quote unquote develop. But it's almost like hurting their growth because they're just having to like, they're just being given every opportunity yeah, and they're not really having to earn their way into it. But I think like what we're seeing with, with Ime this year and with uh, D'Amico Ryan's this year is a good example of like empowering their young guys, but also like holding them accountable, holding them accountable. And um, also really knowing that they need to be anchored by veterans. I, I, I think it's it's much more clear in the uh, in the Rockets situation right now, where you can see that they are giving like some of our young players the green light, and they are letting them, you know, still still take opportunities to succeed and fail. But like they're gonna have to earn to take the last shot away from Fred VanVleet or to take yeah. those minutes away from Dylan Brooks and these guys. So, um, yeah, I think that I, I think that those. Those are good. I I personally think that what we've seen this year on the Rockets is a great example. It is how to how to like empower young guys, but still hold them accountable, while also like letting the veterans kind of stand as the leaders of the team. Yeah, it, it's definitely a balance, and I there's there's no perfect answer to it, but I think I agree with you for the most part. Um, <clears throat> because then, well, I I, I kind of relate it to to just. The professional journey right because i mean sports sports is entertainment but at the same time it's you're watching kids mold into professionals right so us going through the journey right it's a process they didn't just pluck us and that you know you could you could take this another way in terms of what the process should look like from high school to the pros you know as part of me thinks man baseball might have it a little better figured out with like the minor league system you know having to work your way up um because like I think of myself, if they just plucked me out of senior year of high school, even if I was like maybe had showed really good promise for my career, which now is in is in tech sales, like I don't know how I would have done if they just pulled me out of senior year of high school and then just threw me at, you know in front of clients. Like it'd probably probably be a disaster, you know. But having to go through college and learn how to manage my time better, right? Be accountable for my actions. Actually, you know, my classes were much harder, so if I didn't study, I'd probably fail. Um, and then coming into the professional world, right? Like being around, seeing experienced software salespeople and how they go about their day and how, how they fill out their calendar, how they act in front of the customer. Like that was huge, you know, cause so much, 
you could say someone's so talented that, that they're just going to figure it out. But I don't know if that's necessarily that true. I think people need to see. You don't just naturally figure out everything, right? You need to see people who have done it and done it well. <clears throat> and then develop develop your work ethic, develop maturity. Like kids, kids are kids, you know, no matter how talented they may be, they need to learn how to be uh, a responsible member of society, you know? So in terms of sports, yeah, I mean, I think it, it's, it's similar. And I think you're right. I mean, I think what we did with the Rockets, just throwing them all out there and expecting that they would just figure everything out um, was pretty dumb. And, and in a lot of ways, I think it probably hurt some of their development um, because they started to then build habits thinking that this is what the league was about. You know, I remember that John Wall video and John Wall's out of the league now, but, but it was true. You know, he was talking about Crash. being around the young guards of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. And basically saying like, they thought everything was sweet. Like they thought, it was, you know, and, and he had to, he, he tried to explain to him, but it, it, they probably didn't listen because they hadn't experienced it yet. But he's like, dude, the league's not like this. Like you don't have zero accountability for your actions. You know, I understand that's how it is now. And now, you know, obviously KPJ has had his whole set of issues, but Jalen is learning the hard way where he was given the keys to basically an AAU team for two years. And now all of a sudden he has a real coach, real veterans, real accountability, and probably for the first time in his life, not to make this Jalen Green conversation, but he has, he has uh, <clears throat> consequences for his basketball actions, you know, because um, now he's in the most talented league in the world and uh, not, everyone's not making excuses for him all the time. Yeah. So I think to tie it back into the larger point, I think – I'm 100% with you. There's a there's a balance of giving your young kids a little bit of a leash because they're kids, letting them make mistakes. You can't pull, you know, you can't bench them every time they make a mistake. It's going to hurt their confidence, right? And then there's also an aspect where the, the veterans also get a little bit of a leash because they've been there and done that, you know? And you think of examples like, um, I was thinking about the Celtics, when Marcus Smart, I think it was the year they went to the finals, Marcus Smart, had, uh, he didn't have a great regular season. I think it was this year. I think it was, it was 2021, 2022. And I think Celtics fans, I remember hearing Bill Simmons on his podcast talking about he shouldn't be playing the fourth quarters, you know, they need to play Derek White or whatever. And uh, anyway, they get to the playoffs and he was awesome, you know. And so you almost gave him a better leash in that scenario because he's a veteran. The young guard is showing some promise. Maybe even might be playing better than him, but we know that this veteran is going to get it done on the biggest stage. <clears throat> and sometimes the veterans can't, they don't have the energy like the young players do, you know? So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we, we talked about from the coaching side, then you think about it from the team building side. There's a lot of ways we could go with it. But. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the Astros uh, this year was just like, they almost went too much in the direction of we're just going to go all in on win now, do whatever we got to do to put together the, which if you have a championship window, you know, you do kind of need to go in on it. But I just think about how rough that catcher position was going into the playoffs and Aldi. how uh, Dusty was like so reluctant to really, and you think about a young guy, like you can't go too far in the other direction where it's like, we don't believe in you to be able to 
be able to hold down this position. Like we're not even really going to give you any chances at it. Well, maybe we'll let you DH every now and then, but that can kind of throw off a guy too. Like yeah, if you do have a young person that's talented and that, that, that could be like the future of that position, you do also need to give them some leeway, give them some opportunities to, yeah. to know that like, okay, I don't have to go in and hit perfect at every, every time I'm at bat, I don't have to hit the ball because I know my coach believes in me. Yeah. And like same thing with, with uh like the young NBA stars and stuff like I know I don't if I go out and shoot twenty five percent one night like I know my coach isn't gonna just bench me like yeah because I, I I need to all they, there there needs to be some of that too of knowing like you can go out there you can fail we believe fundamentally in like your talents and just like it's gonna go up and down but then also on the other side of that like if you're gonna play just your own way and you're not gonna put in the work and do the things that we expect you to do then there's consequences for that too yeah. So. But I think we're seeing such a great example in uh, in the Texans and the Rockets this year of, of both those things. It's been a fun year at Houston Sports. Lots of debates. Yeah. Two teams that were pretty terrible now are showing a lot of promise with the Rockets and the Texans. And the Texans, man, two games away. Might be in the playoffs. Watch out for us. Dark horse. All right. Well, let's wrap up 2023. Great year. Thank you, Lord. And we'll see you guys in 2024. Closing out. See ya.